Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So damn okay is guys that uh, made you say damn okay. Yeah, say damn okay, okay. I mean. I swore. Whoa, that doesn't count. Damn doesn't count. Damn does You're not right. count. Okay. That's like Sunday service right, swear. Right. That doesn't matter, okay? And yeah, my five-year-old's already saying it. It's not that <laughs> Yeah, big. right, right. You're just a wimp. I don't know what else to no, say. No, you're rubbing off on me. I'm, I'm rubbing swearing, off? I'm swearing, I'm cursing. Yeah, I'm kind of turning into a bad man. No, you're not. You're totally <laughs> not. Did you go to Sunday service yesterday? Uh, yeah, I was there. You did? Right okay. early. I get All there right. early, 15 right. minutes early. So if you're going to go next week, 15 minutes early, let's say a cuss word right now, okay? <laughs> so and then you can ask for forgiveness on Sunday. I have reason to right. go. I yeah. am going to get you to say fuck before the year's <laughs> over, okay? Okay. All right. It could right. happen. All right. What up, everybody? Chris Sims, Ahmed Farid. What up, man? How let's are you? Let's do it. Good. I'm good. Yeah. I, uh, I, so I just got done. I, we've been doing Rugby World Cup here. Yeah. You feeling good? Uh, my Tired? voice is going. Yeah. Right. I, I was uh, like, I'm jet lagged. Right. So the tournament's in Japan. Yeah. And we've been doing it from here in Connecticut. Yes. But still, we're on Japan time. So I haven't left but Connecticut, but yeah. I'm jet lagged. Right. So right. it's like I, I can't fall asleep. You're having anymore. insomnia. My voice is like, I don't know if it made my voice worse or better. No. We'll, we'll I mean, find out. Your voice out, sounds good. It yeah. sounds a little more mysterious now. <laughs> You're the mystery man. There it is. But uh, what's up, everybody? Week six, NFL, good week, crazy yeah. week. I mean, geez, it really was. I mean, whether you go into the Panthers over in London, the Seahawks Browns game was crazy. Like every, like I mean, everything, everything even, was pretty even damn good. And had Washington and Miami was right. Good. And yeah. I mean, I tried not to waste my time to watch that, <laughs> other than just looking over yeah. when there was a major play or anything like that. Uh, it was great to be able to digest all the one o'clock games yesterday because because of the London game. And because of the Dolphins-Redskins game, that means there was only five games to watch at 1 o'clock. Okay, so that made it a lot more enjoyable instead of having my head spin around everywhere. We're going to get in deep dive session, okay? Rams, Rams, 49ers, total deep dive there. Texans, Chiefs, total deep dive there. I think those were the two surprise games of the day. Maybe. I don't know. I think the Jets-Cowboys probably surprised people yeah. more than anybody, especially me. Uh, but those were two marquee matchups, and we will get into that. But I think the two upsets of the day were certainly Cowboys losing the Jets. Never saw that happening. No. And I'm so pissed on Sunday Night Football last night. I took the fucking Chargers. I broke my own rule. I made it all about the quarterback. Oh, Philip Rivers is better than Devin Hodges. I'm going to take him like a fucking idiot. Who, I, said, what, what I gave all these alone. warning signs. Yeah. I said that I was worried about them getting steamrolled up front. And there I was, 14-0, texting my producer Matt Casey going, I'm so stupid, I can't it. believe you let me make that pick. The only one on him. The only one who picked it was Tony. Tony, Tony picked it. Ooh. And I was really waffling before. They heard me waffling. And... Uh, 
Gosh, it so, really makes me that. So now I'm one and six or one and five. I suck. We'll get into it. We'll yeah. get into every. We're going to touch on every game. Good. We, we want to give at least a minute to every single Let's game. Let's touch every game. The two the two deep dives of Rams, uh, 49ers, yep. which I have a lot of thoughts on, Texans, Chiefs uh, as well. Um, but do you want to start out with uh, Eagles and Cowboys, both those teams? That, yeah, sure. That go down. Right. Uh, they're facing upcoming yes. here. And, uh, Sunday night football matchup this yep. week. Yeah, I was big. I was not aware of this, but uh, we were told by our producer Pete, right, that uh, Doug Peterson's coming out throwing some fire. Of course, I mean, it's oh, what he man. does. Let's hear it. I know the sky's falling outside. Yes. You know, it, it's it's falling, and I get that. And the fans are 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 reeling just a little bit. But you know, we we're going down to Dallas, and our guys are going to be ready to play, and we're going to win that football game. And when we do, we're in first place in the NFC East. We control our own destiny. We're right where we need to be. Whoa, whoa, we're going to go out and win that football game. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? That, uh, that wasn't even the question. It wasn't like, well, do you think you can go out and win? Yeah, we yeah. think we can win. He, was that, he went out of his way to guarantee that he's going to go and win that football game. Uh, clearly, to me, what that indicates is this team needs something like that right now. Right. They need their head coach to go out there and breathe some fire and motivate them. Um, I, I don't know that they were unmotivated against the Vikings. I just think they played a really good game, beating them 38-20. to 20, But he seems to feel like his team needs a little fire right now. Well, he, he's a, a confident guy. He's never been scared to be bold or, you know, go for it on fourth downs. That's what he does. Yeah, his team needs a little jump start right now. I mean, yeah, it wasn't pretty yesterday uh, as far as the way they played in Minnesota. He's brash. He's been like that since he's taken over. That's why he's one of the best head coaches in all of football. And, you know, they're going to have their hands full. I mean, this has become a huge game. I mean, yeah. it really does. It's got – For both teams. For both teams, yes. And not to say, like, whoever loses is out of it because uh, you're not going to be, of course. But what, what really the Cowboys and Eagles are, on da- are in danger of doing is, especially right now with the state of the NFC and how many good football teams there are, yeah. they're, they're not getting in as wild card winners. You have to win that division. You're going to have to win the division to go to the playoffs. And, of course, this is a head-to-head matchup that will go a long way into dictating who gets there. Uh, and I think it will be a good game. Both teams have kind of been underwhelming the last few weeks so, and so all over the place. Let's talk about the Eagles real quick. What 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 concerns you the most about them? I think Carson Wentz looked actually pretty good yeah. against the Vikings. Right. They gave up 300-plus yards passing for the fourth time this season. Yes. They gave up 100 yards rushing for the first time this year. That's against Cook and the right. Vikings. So that's, not, I mean, a lot of teams well, do that. Well, they're compromised right now. They're compromised because their secondary is banged up and they stink. They got no Avante Maddox. They got no Ronald Darby. They got guys like Rasul Douglas outside playing man-to-man. And yeah. he's like the kind of quarter um, corner on that should be like when he was on the Patriots, he covered tight ends. He wasn't covering Stefan Diggs on an island outside. So that's an issue. Their other coordinator, Sidney Jones, has been a career injury. I mean, that's what he's been ever since his, com- uh, his, his personal workout before the draft. So he's just coming back from injury once again. He's not ready to play man-to-man. So they're compromised, and the reason that the, the you know, Minnesota Vikings had some success running the ball on that, that stout defense is because Jim Schwartz is having to do some things at times to protect the secondary that way because as you saw in the game yesterday when they do leave those guys man-to-man and stuff like that it's they're toast they're burnt toast there was black four yards you can do to scrape off the burnt part okay yeah on that 51 yard touchdown to 
to Diggs. Right. There was four yards of separation at the time of throw between Douglas and Diggs. Yes, and now there was a mix-up there, certainly. I don't know whether they were trying to play cover. The corners seemed it was like play they thought it was cover, too. It was play action. It seemed like everyone went to Cook yes, in that one. Yes, it did. It definitely did. Um, but the, the, you need to be concerned in Philadelphia right now. That's an issue yeah. for them altogether. And this will be a tough matchup once again. Now, the, the grace of God has struck upon them yeah. because Amari Cooper got hurt. So that'll make them feel a little bit better about sure. their matchups on the outside uh, to maybe help stop that running game. But, you know, still, they missed Deshaun Jackson. They're, 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 and, you know, you might have heard me say this. I can't remember if I said this with you on here or Paul on here. Doug Peterson, he's a great head coach yeah. as far as offensive coordinator is concerned. I don't put him in the class as that upper echelon. He's right. like that next group of guys down. And he needs I've, – I've always kind of said they're more about their players than their plays. I don't look at Eagles games and go, oh, my gosh, I've never seen plays like this before. He's got everything you want. The offense is really good. Don't get me wrong. But – you know, within the offense, there's built-in spots where, ooh, if we get this coverage on this play, look for Deshaun Jackson deep. Right. And he's not there right now, and that's a big thing for them. It's like, you know, hey, this is Doug Peterson. He came from the Andy Reid school. I mean, when Tyree Kill's not there and Sammy Watkins aren't there, the sure. Kansas City Chiefs are not as good. And it's hurting them right now that they don't have Deshaun uh, Jackson because they don't really have that guy that – scares you to death down the field. Do you feel better about the Vikings now? Obviously, it's two games in a row. Yeah. It's like squeaky wheel yeah. gets the grease yeah, for two both games in a row. Right. Yeah, feeling week one or this past week, and then uh, Diggs just uh, on Sunday. 167 yards, three touchdowns for, for Diggs, and Cousins threw the ball deep. They, they yeah. threw the ball deeper than any team in the NFL in week six. Yeah. No, they've, they've been more aggressive. I think that's the big thing. They haven't run the ball just to say, oh, we're going to keep running the ball. I think when they've gotten the optimal looks to go, okay, the run doesn't work here. Let's go. Let's check to the pass or, or call a pass in the huddle, whatever it may be. They're doing that. And I do give Ste Kevin Stefanski and, and Gary Kubiak and even Mike Zimmer, who's probably been in their ear about run the ball, run the ball, to give them a little more leeway as far as the pass game is concerned. And, you know, again, this is something we talked about when they were kind of hot early on. They have an interesting combination if they can continue to do this yeah. because if they can run the ball and be aggressive in the pass game, you know, you pick your poison there. You want to stop Dalvin Cook? Okay. Oh, you want to play one-on-one -on -one football on the outside with Diggs and Thielen? Well, okay, you're seeing that they can connect down the field, and that's where they're dangerous, let alone a good defense on top of that. The NFC North is so tough. Oh, my I, gosh. I know, the, the NFC West is really tough, yeah. but uh, top to bottom, the NFC North is really good. Yeah, you got four playoff teams. In yeah. that. I mean, they're legitimate. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, maybe the Lions are one of those teams we're not ready to say a playoff team, but I wouldn't be shocked if they're in that conversation as right. the season goes on. And, yeah. I mean, and then you said it, the West uh, is certainly very good, too. And that's why we're talking about this Eagles-Cowboys game, because of those teams you're talking about, the, and the North and the West. And then you talk about the Panthers and the Saints in the South. You go, no, the East is only getting one, one team this year right. for the most part. Unless, you know, something just unforeseen happens to a few of these teams where injuries or something like that, and they kind of fall off. It could still be the Cowboys, although they've yeah. dropped to 3-3 three and three now with three straight losses. They got beat by the Jets 24-22. Yeah. Adam Gase gets his first win with New York. Sam Darnold was back. Right. I thought he looked really good. Really good. good. Yeah, he's, he's a difference maker. Uh, the first thing they missed, you know, again, we got to remember the last few weeks, they weren't on their backup quarterback. They were on their third string quarterback. Yeah. There's a difference there. Third stringers, yeah. you know, 
for lack of a better phrase, they usually suck. I don't know what to say it. They're not going to like I mean, do the, the backups. Usually, are the not backups great. are exactly right. That's what I mean. So the third stringers are usually guys that are like camp arms, and he's a practice squad guy, and we like him because he's smart. Just in case there's like danger, and we put him in, like people at least will know where to line up. But yeah. they don't do anything to back defenses off, and that's really where they missed, you know, Sam Darnold, you know, and then Trevor Simeon, who who is a pretty good thrower, but Luke Falk really could not scare a defense down the field in any capacity and you said it before we went on you were like man Sam Darnold's so good in the pocket and you're right it's really probably his greatest strength yeah he is phenomenal in the pocket and against that Dallas Cowboy pass rush yesterday him sliding moving making the proper throws it gave their team confidence and yeah Dallas was disappointing there's no doubt about it I mean I just did not expect Dallas's defense to kind of let up the plays that they let up in that football game. Yeah, it's interesting when you look at the the downfield game with Sam Darnold as opposed to not having him. Yeah. I was looking it up. The the total air yards, which yeah. is the, the amount of time the uh, air I'm travels interested to hear through, what the, this is. Yeah. through the air for the first, you know, they've had a bye. Right. But in the NFL, the Jets before this game were far and away the last team. 215 air yards in their first four games. Wow. And for a little comparison, that's last in the league. Yeah. Dallas is number one with over a thousand before yesterday. I can believe that. They just so. didn't they just did not pass the ball down the field at all. Right. So it's almost like that that neutered offense became unneutered against the Cowboys. But as you mentioned, the Cowboys still had a chance. They yeah. came back second week in a row. The offense has turned it on after they've fallen behind uh, early. So some good things there. Didn't get the two point conversion. Uh, Jamal Adams came through untouched yeah. there. Greg Williams, I think, good good play call by him. Yep. Well, and, you know, that's even disappointing on the two-point conversion, uh, just by the Dallas offense, why we're on that theme right sure. there. You know, you're facing Greg Williams, okay? You better f- expect blitz. That's what Greg Williams does. When there's a big situation, he is going to pressure. And that's where I looked at that play call, and I was like, what, we don't do something a little bit more there? I mean, yeah. just, hey, Jason Witten, step in the end zone and turn around. Oh, okay, that's really hard for the guy that's compromised and has to cover a guy all over the field. Whoa, yeah. he just can sit there and like play basketball against them, basically, in the post. So that was uh, certainly an issue. You know, I just think the Cowboys' inability to sustain drives, it seemed like the passing game was off a little bit. I thought Prescott was off a little bit to a degree as well. Not being able to finish drives and having to kick field goals was an issue. Uh, they didn't get the maybe some of the big plays we've seen them get to start yeah. the year. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, again, it, it really, you felt like the Jets were in control of the game for the most part until the very, very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I said this this morning, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, I know people are going to look at it and go, oh, 28 for 105. Okay, I mean, that's, that's less than four yards per carry. Uh, and, and the other thing I would just say to that is I, I have not been in, like, thrilled with the way he's looked to this point. You know, again, he's really good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say, like, this guy's not a, a special running back. He is. But, you know, the, the explosive – he needs to start running sprints again is what I need to say. You think missing camp has hurt him? I think missing camp has certainly hurt him. And I do feel like he looks like he's a step slow. Like, I, I have no – fear of Ezekiel Elliott if I'm a defense anymore like his rookie year and early in his second year like he was a guy he was a home run hitter he could go 70 yards on a screen or take it around the edge and go there he goes 80 yard touchdown holy cow look at this big sucker run now if he goes 30 yards I'm like oh okay that's about all he's got and um yeah I don't I don't know I don't know what to say about that but as far as pure straight ahead explosiveness 
he's not on the same level as Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Nick Chubb, you know, Christian McCaffrey, mm. some of those guys, some of the, you know, 49ers guys, Ted, you know, Todd Gurley, and Philip Lindsay, Breed of the Cheetah, Alvin David Kamara, Johnson. David, David Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, when they have a lane and they, they can turn, they can hit six gear. And right now, I think Ezekiel only has five gears. Yeah, one guy who can for the Cowboys, Amari Cooper, got hurt early. Yeah, that's in the game. big. They they didn't play without uh, they didn't play with uh, Collins on the line. Yep. Tyron Smith on the line. So right. they were, I mean, it's boring they were to under, talk about. And you no, don't want to make excuses, but it's it's true. It right? is. It's true. It's like there's a reason why these are some of the highest paid players in the NFL. It, They're really good, and if you don't have them, it's a problem. Yeah. Well, you know, as we'll get into like well, when we got into last week, like Kansas City, when you're missing like big weapons that you're paying a lot of money, of course your team's not going to be good. Yeah. Well, these are big weapons to the Cowboys. They're tackles. They're paying a lot of money to them. They expect to dominate and run for more than four yards per carry yeah. in a football game. And, yeah, not only that, but then you add into the fact of, like, oh, you're playing Greg Williams like we talked about and the blitzes and all of that. You know, it's hard, it's hard to get that continuity and that communication between five guys up front uh, when two of the guys, you know, haven't been part of that communication process for the most part during the season. One more note, the yeah. quarterback who was most aggressive throwing into tight windows Ooh, for okay. week number okay. six. Okay, let me guess first. Okay, can I guess first? Yep. Okay. Okay, uh, most aggressive. Most aggressive throwing into tight, tight windows. Tight windows. Yeah, threw into tight windows more than any other quarterback in this week. Well, I mean, I feel like since you're on that game, it's yeah. Sam Darnold. Okay, it is. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I kind of gave it away. Right? Yes. Well, you know, I, I, I just mean, loved his game. I just think it was really fun. To, I mean, the 92-yard touchdown to Robbie Anderson was a well-thrown ball. He is ball. a pinpoint intermediate short pass thrower. So. He is not scared if a, a DB is glued on a wide receiver. He's got enough confidence to go, mm, no, I can put the ball right here. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I know I want to throw it right here, but I see that guy's arm there. I can put it there or there for that guy to get it. I heard someone say that Adam Gase maybe didn't open up the full playbook. And I guess you don't with a backup or a backup's backup. Well, it's hard. But He's he didn't managing wanna, a game. Right. And he you didn't want to show anything because it might not work, you know, without Sam Darnold. I don't know how many more players well, they could go to with him than they did without yeah, him. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I just think as a play caller, when you have a guy like Luke Falk who has, you know, not a lot of physical talent, yeah. you're not going to dial up plays that you would dial up with Sam Darnold because you're going to be like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. Yeah. It's going to be an interception. Sure. Or, you you know, you just don't know what's going to happen in those situations. So it totally changes the game when you have a quarterback like a Sam Darnold or a true franchise quarterback because now Adam Gase, you know, has the guts to design some things that he might have not designed in previous weeks. Jets, big win. First win of the year. Yeah, J-E-T-S. the Cowboys. Jets, Jets, Jets. Can I give you some credit here? I know you don't like that normally. Yeah. You normally are more self-deprecating. You're more comfortable in that realm. I am. You know, yes. scout. Well, I get angry when self, I self-scout thyself. thyself. Yes. But, so that means we got to pump you up, though. You yes. need to celebrate the victories. Okay, I'll I, take I tell it. That, I tell that to my family all the time. Okay. I was like, if you're going to beat yourself up when you're wrong, you right. have to celebrate the victories. Right. And so we're going to celebrate a victory. Washington and Miami. This is what you said before the game. Miami coming off the bye week, though, I do think you'll see a, a, a you know, a last-ditch effort. They're going to have some belief that maybe they can pull this game off, but uh, I'm with you. I'm going a little closer than that. I'm going to say the Redskins squeak it out 17-16 to 16 down in Miami, but find the way to win the football game nonetheless. Nailed it. Nailed it. To the point. Nothing like nailing 
the most irrelevant game of the NFL season. <laughs> and we cut it off, too, when you say Rosen will be pulled, Fitz will come in, they'll drive down the field, we'll score. Conversion. I said all of those things, you're right. It was too long, we couldn't, we couldn't air that I couldn't really hear anything there because I was too busy watching the cold sore on the side of my lip there. Oh. My herpes, not cool, okay? It's, it's cleared up, though. It has cleared up. You Thank look you. a lot better this Thanks week. Thanks a lot. I know, I was ugly last I week. I tried to make you feel good last week, but right. it was pretty glaring, right. to be honest with you. Uh, honestly, though, I was 3-0 and in my bets last week, and I was proud of that. Oh, okay? wow. My big bets. Like, we have to pick three games out of all the picks. Yeah. And, and people uh, may take your advice, and so you feel like you got Well, I always want to tell it. people to, like, listen to my, my, my analyzing of the game. I know, mm. like, somebody on, on social media got mad at me la- a few weeks ago because I picked the Packers to beat the Eagles. And I said, Aaron Rodgers will score a touchdown really late in the game. It'll be close. It's a coin flip type of game. Yeah. Oh, they got to the one-yard line and didn't score. And people are like, you're a fucking idiot. The Eagles won. And I was like, yeah. okay, great. See, I know I'm not going to be right with the picks all the time. But, yeah. you know, I, I do study. And if you want to take things away from what I say, you know, I took New Orleans as a one-point underdog against Jacksonville. So that was a shocker. And, of yeah. course, that was one of my bets of the week. I rode the Patriots, even though they didn't really play that well. 35-14, to 14, right? It was 17-point spread. I know, too. so I rode that. I got lucky with that one. And then my other one, that oh, I took the, check, I took the Texans to beat the Chiefs straight up. Wow. 31-27, and that was 31-24. So that was close. I am proud of those ones. That was a good week. That was a good week. I was 7-1 at the start of the 4 o'clock games. And then I lost every game from there on out. If only you could turn around your record on uh, Football Night in America. Yeah, now. it's, it's not looking get... good. It's not looking good. You're not alone. The yeah. only thing is America can't bag on me too hard because America's only got me beat by one game. I'm one in five. They're over, I'm one in six. They're two, they're, they're two and five. It's what, not much better. What do you want to pull out of this uh, Washington-Miami game real quick? Uh, you know, they bench Rosen, although... Uh, Flores says that Rosen's still the starter. He just took him out because he wasn't playing very well. Yeah, it's I, I don't take a whole lot. I think the big thing is, you know, uh, with Bill Callahan as the head coach, you're going to yeah. see that they're going to run, run the ball more, obviously. I mean, Adrian Peterson's still amazing what he's doing at this age. I mean, yeah, he's not the Adrian Peterson we knew from five, six years ago. I mean, that was one of the greatest running backs we've ever seen in the history of the planet. But still... He's very effective. Bill Callahan's one of the best O-line coaches of football, so he's going to play that kind of style of football. That Terry McLaurin special, that receiver they got from Ohio State, number 17. Two touchdowns. And the Dolphins suck. I don't know other way to say it. They're not good. They're one of the worst teams I've ever seen. And, you know, I feel bad for Josh Rosen because, you know, yeah, it's going to be hard to evaluate whoever starts for them. Well, yeah. You know, it really is. It's just there's not good pass protection. They have no run game. The offense, a coordinator still finding his way. So there's a lot of issues there in Miami. I give Co- them a lot of credit for fighting back, though. Coming into the week, Josh Rosen had the highest percentage of dropped passes in the NFL. There you go. At 9.5%. However, right. he also had the second highest percentage of poor throws mm. in the NFL, according to some guy who watches a game and writes them down. Yeah, well, no, I, I mean, I, I don't think that's like necessarily bad either. Now, you know, the poor throw thing, is he a little too aggressive at times? Yes. You know, it's, it's easy to throw the ball poor, too, when somebody's about to hit you in your fucking like, totally. ribs every time, too, where you're about to go like, oh, I might break a rib here. Let me throw this in there. Uh, but they're really in a bad spot. They are not a good football team. And, man, I just hope they can find a way to win one game this year. That's really all I'm rooting they're for. 0-5. Guess how many minutes Miami has had a lead all year. They've played five games. How many minutes have they led oh, in the football game? I feel like I know this because I heard Tarico in the control room before the bye week. They, like, they took a 6-3 lead, right? I'm going to say like two minutes. 
Three minutes, 49 seconds. Oh. Man, was it the Cowboy game? I, or what you, game was uh, it? Yeah. You don't even know? You're just no. going to come in and throw shit no, out, and then no, you don't yeah. even know. It I was don't a know good which stat. game it was. It was a good stat. I'm, yeah, let's see. Oh, it might have been the Charger game. Pete just got in my ear, uh, and I think he's right. I think it might have been the Charger game. They were up, and I'm going to look and know this just for sure, just so we can throw this out there. But, yes. Three minutes and 49 seconds. They were up 7-3. to three There you go. In the first quarter against the Chargers, and then the Chargers went down and scored a touchdown, and it was 10-7. And then it was 10-10. They were actually yeah. tied for a little bit. And then oh, that that's was, right. That it was night It was our damn, okay, because damn. they took a lead. For, yeah, we were like, right. okay, we damn, yeah, okay, right. Miami. You're right. You took a lead for three minutes and 49 seconds. Three minutes and 49 seconds. Okay, um, okay right. so we're done talking about that game? Yeah. We probably spent you just, two minutes too long. No, I think that was good. That was good? Okay. Know, we we okay. give every – even if you're un, you know, unwind. Yeah. Even if you're unwind. Unwind. Not undefeated, unwind. Unwind. We'll talk about you. I like that. <laughs> Unvictoried. Yeah, Unvictoried. We'll still talk about <laughs> it. Okay, let's, let's start that. All right, I got a read to do because this guy, the man, the myth, the legend – the great Mike Tirico, okay? I mean, this guy uh, is a joy to work with, first of all, whether it's at Notre Dame or Sunday Night Football, all over the NFL. I mean, he really, Mike is a phenomenal mind. He knows the sport, which I don't mean to downgrade any play-by-play caller, but I would bet you his X's and O knowledge of football is about as good as anybody out there because of all his years with John Gruden. Mm -hmm. So he's phenomenal there, his relationships. He's got inside sources, and his podcast is pretty good too. He's got a new podcast out today, Football Night in America, Week 6 Recap with Tony, Rodney, and that mother freaker Florio, okay? (laughs) And here's a bit of this week's convo. They discussed the 49ers' win over the Rams, and if the Los Angeles Rams miss Todd Gurley, listen to this. I talked to a few players that played against um, Todd Gurley, and they're just simply saying that he's no longer that threat. They, he, he's just an average back. They believe that when he gets the ball, he's an average back. Damn. Ooh, average okay. back. Well, I mean, yeah. if he might be hobbled, and if he's got a bad knee, then, yeah, that turns you into an average back no. pretty quick. You know, he's, he's certainly not on the superstar elite right now. Yeah, so, there's no doubt about that. So let's go deep dive. Your first deep dive, and yep. this is the first deep dive we've had all year where you've gone three pages. I know, so right? So you normally go two. Yeah. We have three pages of Rams versus 49ers. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a, I, there's just a lot of interesting things. I probably write stuff that I don't really need to write all the time, but okay. um, you know, this is an interesting matchup. So let's start with the, yeah. the Rams offense cool. here. Right. And there are questions once again with Jared Goff. 78 yards, career low. Yes. Obviously that's some him. Yeah. Okay. Probably some offensive line. Yeah, a lot of. No Todd Gurley. That didn't help either. Right. So what what did you see? What are the main things afflicting the Rams offense right now when you go to the deep dive? Yeah, uh, okay. All right. So if, if I really had to simplify it, for, for simplify it, first off is like, you know, it's not Jared Goff's fault. Let me just say that. Let's get that right off the right out of the way. I mean, none of it. None, I'm really, I'm not going to sit here and go. There, there was one flaw in Jared Goff's game yesterday that I would say. Okay. There were some opportunities to throw some 10-yard outs, out routes, things toward the sideline where he played the concept. And I want to go, ooh, just throw the 10-yard out. Throw the 15-yard comeback. You know, don't mess around with the concept and all this nonsense over here of 49ers guys flying all over the place and, oh, let me see if I can squeeze it in there or let me pat the ball to wait for that guy to get open and then I get killed behind, you know, the tree trunks of the the San Francisco 49ers. But ultimately this is the issue. The 49ers defensive line is special. It's special. And I've been saying this, and it's just continuing to show itself on a week-to-week basis. 
They got great talent. They got great versatility. They got great depth. And they can just send people at you in waves. And they absolutely kick the shit out of the Rams' offensive line. There's no other way to say it. I don't care. Listen, it would have been tough sledding if it was Rodgers, Watson, Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Mm. It would have been tough sledding. The pocket was collapsing. They lose their guard, no boom. Uh, you know, at some point, maybe it was a late second quarter, whatever. And, and not to say he's a world beater as it is anyways. And then they have to go to, you know, uh, I, I can't remember who it was. I'm going to say Denby, 64 Denby. But they were truly compromised with that. And that was the first thing. So, so how they do the first drive? They just ran it right down their throat. Every play. Every play. Every play. They ran zone cutback, zone cutbacks. Sean uh, McVay called a fake toss, and then he handed it off like on a quick, almost reverse to Robert Woods, and then he actually ran a reverse to Robert Woods for the touchdown. Hey, it's the first drive of the game. You can never put too much stock into the first time of the drive of the game. Why do you say that? Well, the offense has got it scripted. The defense is kind of trying to get in the flow of the game. They're being hit from a bunch of different angles because of the script, so they don't have no feel at that point for like what's being try trying to be done to them at sure. that point. And that does happen, but obviously they settled in very nicely after that. And this 49ers defense, team speed, size, physicality. You said could be the best in the NFL, it, team speed. It, yes, team speed is definitely up there. Physicality is up there. I mean, it's them and the Patriots for the best defense in the sport right now. Wow. And I would say they have an advantage as, as far as the front seven goes. Um, you know, the Patriots have a better secondary, but, but the 49ers secondary, not bad either. Well, here's the thing, too, with D. Ford. Yeah. He uh, had a, a sack and a half, forced right. a fumble. Right. Played 42% of the snaps. He's, yeah. been, he's been hurt a little bit. He's yes. had some injuries that he said he dealt with last year. Right. But the thing is, last year in 12 of the 16 games, he played 89% of the snaps yeah. in 12 of the 16 games. Right. This year, he's played over 50% of snaps just one time. He has not been on the field a whole lot. I haven't needed him, but no. he really, I mean, he was their big free agent sign. Yep. Uh, he hasn't been 100%, and the defense still dominates. They still dominate. I mean, he doesn't start. I mean, that just tells you how good they are. I mean, hey, yeah, we're paying you, you know, $15 million a year or whatever yeah. they're paying them, and we don't even need you to start. Yeah. Just stay fresh for when they have to pass and we know it, you're going to come off the ed edge like you're on fire and you're going to get after the quarterback. But, you know, they just, they have Armstead, Buckner, you know, the DJ Jones kid. They start him at D tackle next to Buckner and they put Armstead outside and then Nick Bosa on the other edge, who's phenomenal already. I mean, Nick Bosa's phenomenal. And he really is. Yeah, you have Bosa here and you have Ford, and you say that the, uh, the, the O-line for the Rams was worried about the, the speed rush susceptible to the power rush. Yeah, well, that's what happens with those guys a lot of the time. Nick Bosa and D. Ford have tremendous power for guys that are, you know, you know uh, what do I want to say, boxed up into a smaller package maybe compared to some other defense ends. Yeah. But what happens with speed rushers, and just imagine you're an offensive tackle. You're going, oh, my gosh, i got to get back. He's going to beat me around the edge. And then all of a sudden, when that guy just sees you like working so hard to get back there and get fast, he puts his foot in the ground. He goes, I'm going to drive my head right into this guy's chest. And all of a sudden, the, D, you know, the offensive lineman's like, Ooh! and he gets driven back into the quarterback. And there was a lot of that in the game by all the positions in the Rams offensive line. And so you think the, the defensive line, the defensive pass rush for the 49ers, very good. Yes. Secondary, you said very good. Complimentary. You said if there's one guy you would attack for yes. the 49ers in their secondary, it is Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman. It is, yes. I mean, and again, I have 
great respect for Richard Sherman. I mean, this is an all-time great. I mean, he might be a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done as far as Richard Sherman. You know, the other kid, Mosley, uh, 41, the kid out of Tennessee they have, he's pretty damn good in man-to-man -man coverage. Richard Sherman's not the type of corner that's going to get in your face and play man-to-man. -man. He likes to play off, and those are some of the out routes and things I was saying. If I was going to attack anybody, or the, the weakness of the 49ers defense is you, you can throw some balls outside the phone, uh, outside the numbers. I was going to say phone numbers. Yeah. Outside the numbers. And, yes, if you gave me my choice of which guy to attack, it would be Richard Sherman. You know, even you saw it at the end of the game, Jared Goff missed like a, a kind of a double move down the sideline. Uh, he's got him. You know, Richard Sherman's kind of trying to read the play, and he sees a guy in the slot, and the guy just runs right by him. But, yeah, I do think that's one area where you can um, attack the 49ers a little bit. You were complimentary of Jimmy Ward, who had a broken collarbone in the offseason, then broke a finger. So he hasn't played a whole lot. He's just coming back. Baller. Again. You, you really liked him. I mean, he's game. a baller. He's a, you know, he's one of those safety corner hybrids. Like, he can, he's a phenomenal tackler. He's phenomenal in, like, short, you know, coverage situations. You know, he had the big fourth down stop where he broke up a pass. But really, even to all those, the credit goes, you know, the D-line, we talked about how special that is. But in some of those, you know, drop back pass scenarios too, Robert Sala and the 49ers, what they did on the defensive side, they were all over some of McVay's concepts. I mean, all over. And I even on that fourth down, they're playing man-to-man, -man, but Jimmy Ward's all over it too because he's been taught what to look for. Ooh, when they get in this formation and they're in this short yard situation, they like to do this, which gives them a great advantage to be able to jump routes and make it contested. That's how, you know, New England and sure. the Detroit Lions play man-to-man -man because they're taught so well about the route concepts of what the other team's doing, they feel like they have a good feel, and that, of course, is a great advantage when it comes down to man-to-man. -to -man. So play action had no effect on the 49ers. They didn't respect the run game. No, because the, the, the front four could just steamroll people. They could handle and it. So the linebackers kind of just said, oh, it's, you know, oh, they weren't up there, like, at the line of scrimmage. Oh, he looks like he's going to run it. We're just going to kind of sit here. Oh, he did run it. Let us, we'll get in there. You know, but, but yeah, some of the play action, none of it was good. You know, one of the things that is, you know, the, Mc, they need more concepts. They need more. McVay, McVay needs to do more on the offensive side of the ball. There, there's just no other way I can say it. Because when their run game doesn't work, and I listen, Sean McVay is amazing to me. He's a phenomenal head coach. But when their run game doesn't work, they are limited. They don't, their, their, their plays, I don't look at it and go, oh my gosh, these are some of the greatest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Really what they do is they want to run the ball and then how he packages it off of it is what makes him special. You've probably heard me say this before, but hey, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to run the ball. We're going to run the outside zone, outside zone. Oh, here comes a speed sweep. So the outside zone, you know, the teams can't be too aggressive on the outside zone. And then that gives us the cutback lane. Okay, now we're going to, you know, we're going to run the outside. We're going to fake the speed sweep uh, and then run the outside zone. Okay, then we got that. Then they, you know, fake the speed sweep, fake the outside zone, play action pass. And then it's fake the speed sweep, fake the outside zone, screen pass. And they yeah. just have all these things they can do off of it. But when one of those phases doesn't work, they are a little handicapped, and I do think McVay has to kind of expand his tree. If you look at the 49ers offense compared to the Rams offense, you know, it, there's a lot more versatility in Shanahan's offense okay. as compared to, to McVay. So let's do that. As, yeah. uh, you know, if Sean McVay struggles here, all his friends who got jobs, they go down too. You know, well, that, affa that affects them, you know, in Cincinnati and, and Green Bay. Hey, it's just like all of a sudden they're on notice. Well, I mean, if you look at those offenses right now, 
you know, I don't think any of them, I look at them and go, oh, they're reinventing the wheel yeah, in the passing world. A good you point. know, they're, they're not. They're, they're not. They, they have a lot of great core pr principles and, you know, their offenses are sound, but I don't look at it and go like, oh, this is Josh McDaniels or Sean Payton or Kyle Shanahan and they're, yeah. they're doing shit like, I don't even know what the hell this is, but it's cool and people are open. You know, they're, they're, those three I just mentioned there, I think, are even in their own little class by themselves. The new thing will be all of Robert Sala's friends will get jobs in the NFL. Well, yeah, well, Robert and Robert, including him, exactly right. Okay, so let's go over to the. Uh, are we good there with? Yeah, the I think I think we hit it all. O. Yep, right. So let's go over to the 49ers O, Rams D. Uh, 49ers did enough. You know, George Kittle was a star again. Eight catches, 103 yards. That running game didn't go off like it did against the Browns, but no. still was able to kind of control some things. Offensively, they weren't. They weren't great. There's no, no numbers that, that jump out at you. They, they do have injuries there on the offensive line. Yes, that's uh, an issue. Kyle Juszczyk was out. And yep. so that, those are big. That's, that's going to hurt them. Yeah. Um, the Rams D is good. You know, yeah. I mean, their right. front can, can ruin games too. And they did. I mean, they played phenomenal. You know, and again, even with the 27 vic 20 to 7 victory, let, let's take this into this game is 7 to 7. And the Rams are third and goal on the one yard line. And they're, they're gonna, you're going to go, damn, they're going to go up 14-7. to seven. Mm. Even though it hasn't been pretty, here we are. They're going to slug it out and get it in there. And, of course, that D-line of the 49ers said, no, you're not. So, you know, I'm not giving up on the Rams. There's a lot of things to still like about this football team. Um, I think the big thing I would take away from that side of the ball is, you know, it was hard work for the 49ers all day long. It yeah. wasn't like people were wide open or this or that. But I just think between, you know, the defense and – and then the, they, they sustained, sustained some drives where it kept the Rams' offense on. It might have been ugly, but the, Ram, the 49ers nearly chewed up some clock. And yeah. Kyle had a lot of different little creative ways to move the ball and do things. And uh, really, ultimately, I thought it was Kyle's just ability to game plan a few more plays on the offensive side of the ball as compared to Sean that then wins the football game for the 49ers. So here's the, the million-dollar question, yeah. or the $120 million question, whatever they paid Jimmy Garoppolo. And, yeah. and this was during the game, and I, I've got a lot of people that follow me in the Bay Area because I was out there for, for six years, and so I, I sent a tweet during the game and normally I'm not controversial, and normally people agree with me because I'm right. You don't even swear. Luke, so lukewarm yeah. takes that you really can't disagree with. <laughs> um, but there was one point in the game. Yeah. It was when uh, Jimmy threw the there interception was a, in the end zone. It was the not the interception. No, it was not the interception. That was horrible. That was right. bad. Yes. Um, it was when he had Tevin Coleman wide open coming out of the backfield. Right. And just threw it upfield. I don't know if you know Tevin turned the wrong way or if Jimmy. Oh, the one that one where they should have scored a touchdown. Should have scored a touchdown. He was wide open. Right. I, I tweeted out Jimmy G. Period. There are concerns, and I got a lot of responses from people saying, "No, he's not the problem. That was a bad. You know, Tevin Coleman should have caught that ball. He turned the wrong way. He's been great. He's been carrying him on this drive, um, which some of that might be true." But there do seem, but when I'm watching Jimmy Garoppolo, there are concerns for me. I, but what do you think? Well, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, listen, if you had to give me the, the two biggest concerns for the San Francisco 49ers, okay, and there's not a lot because the 49ers are arguably the best team in football. I mean, so let, let's just get that straight. And Jimmy Garoppolo has done a real good job. I know what you mean. You're not, like, trying to say he's horrible or he sucks. Right. You're just saying to this point, <laughs> to this point, he hasn't had a, like, have a game where he's got to carry the squad or yeah. be that guy where you just go, man. And I don't no. know that he can. I don't know if he is either. I think that's a big question. You know, the throw you're talking about to Tevin Coleman. Yeah. You know, again, yeah. You know, that was – could Tevin Coleman catch it? Yes. 
But any coach, including Kyle Shanahan, I promise you what he's going to say because this is a running back. you got to put the ball on him. You, you can't throw the ball like this in front of a running back. He is a running back, not a receiver yeah. who receives the ball as in catching it. And he was wide open. He was too. wide open. And Jimmy Garoppolo's mechanics go into that. He kind of just keeps his feet still, and he just throws it all arm, and he doesn't put the ball on the money there. You know, the interception on the one-yard line, just stupid. I don't know what else to say. He is – Def, you know, he did good things, so I don't want to, like, take this sure. away. Yeah. He moved in the pocket a few times and made some really good throws. But, you know, hey, he got Marquise Goodwin down the left sideline on that trick play they ran, the little flea flicker. I mean, that should have been a walk-in touchdown. He underthrew it by 15 yards. So Marquise Goodwin had to stop, and as he's catching the ball, he's about to get hit, he drops it. Should he have caught that? Definitely. But, you know, we're, I'm holding them to a standard. You know, we're, right now the 49ers are in a, a very elite class in the NFL. And I'm just going like, okay, hey, the 49ers, and I know it's still all a work in progress, but you know, I'm trying to say like, hey, if they want to be the number one seed, if they want to beat the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl, right, these are the kind of things we need to see kind of just clean up. They're, they're, they're not like gigantic right now. You know, the 49ers have a great defense. They have a great run game. They have a creative offensive play caller. And, yes, there hasn't been that game yet where all that stuff hasn't worked, and then Jimmy Garoppolo's got to carry the squad. And maybe it doesn't happen this year. Maybe they're that good that they don't have to worry about it. But my money would say at some point it is going to happen, and yeah. he's going to have to deliver, and it is kind of unproven to this point. So you're not that far off, Slugger. So thank you. Thank yeah. you for saying that. You're welcome. I was feeling self-conscious. Because whenever you send the tweet and you get – 20 responses oh, within, no. within a minute oh, that are no. all disagreeing with the you. The Twitterverse disagreed with you. It made me feel The guy yeah. who's probably not even watching the game and <laughs> sipping on pina coladas yeah. by the ocean is telling angry. you you're wrong while you're watching it. Uh, okay, and your, your big, uh, you had three stars by it, and you said it already. You yeah. Think Kyle Shanahan is just more creative than Sean McVay. So in, in the coaching rankings right now, you would put Kyle Shanahan above Sean McVay. As an offensive play caller, certainly. Am I ready to say that as a head coach? No. I mean, Sean McVay is special. But as an offensive play caller, I've always said that. Yes. You know, again, Kyle's the teacher. McVay is the student. You know, McVay worked for Shanahan in, in Washington. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, you got to go back, anybody out there, you got to look at Kyle Shanahan's resume. It's a little more impressive than I think people give it credit for. It really is. When you go back to his days in Houston, he had top five offenses there. Okay. Then he went to Washington, and they did mm-hmm. some special things. And you've heard me say they invented an offense around RG3 that we had never really yeah. seen before. You know, he went to the Browns for a year, and there was nobody on that offense, and they were kind of like middle of the NFL. Okay. Then he goes to Atlanta and sets records. It's funny. You go, you know, he went to the Browns and they were average. Right. Whoa. And the 49ers haven't won games his first two years until this year. But everyone, no one's panicked because everyone watches the 49ers and go, man, they're kind of fun to watch. Totally. Yeah, they lost. But, I mean, we're putting up points and making up big plays. They won with Nick Mullins. They won with Nick Mullins Right. And C.J. Beathard. Yeah. And that's not easy to do. Okay. Yeah. So is that good? Do we? Do I think we I think I think we hit all the major things. I think we really did. I was encouraged by the Rams, nonetheless, more than I thought. After the game, what'd you do? I, I'm throwing away the. I thought we were done with it. No, I just. No, threw no, away you're the, good. Okay. No, you're good. I'm but, just saying. I'm not like. You're I'm not, not sitting you're, here going, "Oh my gosh, the world's falling for the Rams." The Rams right. are still a good football team. McVay's still a great coach. Jared Goff was tough, and then, like I said, I mean, this game was. There to be very close if they don't get stopped on a, a you know third and one and a fourth and one from the the one yard line. Golf under pressure was not great. 
tied for the second worst quarterback rating of any quarterback under pressure this week. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, damn, I don't care. Like I said, I don't care who you were. That, that was real pressure. That yeah. was like pocket collapsing. I'm about to get hit by Mack trucks as I'm throwing the football. And like, yeah, you know, I'd challenge anybody. Go, in, go stand in there and see how accurate you are throwing the football when, when two tree trunks are about to smash you. No, thank you. Yeah, exactly. No, thank you. Right. Okay, all right. That was good. The deep, the deep dive. The deep let's go dive. Through, let's go through a couple other games. Yeah, and, let's uh, do it. I'll, I'll give you a headline for some of these games. That, okay. Uh, I like it. That I looked at. Uh, and let's go to the Seahawks because <clears throat> because they're in the division with the, uh, yep. with the 49ers. And you said that the 49ers might be the class of the NFC. Yeah. My headline for yeah. the Seahawks uh, victory over the Browns. Seahawks once again show they're the NFC's best. <laughs> I've got the Seahawks over the 49ers right now. I'm not mad at you. I mean, I'm Even not Even though they have a loss. Yeah. I just think they have uh, the, the defense forced four turnovers. Yes. Um, even after Cleveland got out to a torrid yeah, 20 start. 20-6 start, right. And then after the three touchdowns, Cleveland went block, punt, interception, interception, end-a-half fumble. They got Russell Wilson yeah. with the Seahawks. That's right. Probably leading in MVP. Last I checked, it was Mahomes yeah. still. No, he's taking the lead now. Has it, is it now Russell I mean, Wilson? I think so, right? It I mean, might be. It might be uh, I mean, I, I McCaffrey over, over Mahomes. Well, he's, he's in that combo for sure. I mean, I think Watson, Mahomes, Wilson, McCaffrey, I think those are the four leaders in the clubhouse right now, and I would say Wilson is in the lead. And you're doing this without two of your, uh, your starters on the offensive line, the Seahawks were. Right. And they're running the ball still. Yeah. 24 for 124 for Chris Carson. And who, who I found out came into the week uh, with the second most rushing first downs of any running back. Right. So as good as Russell Wilson's been, yeah. they've used Chris Carson to move the change more than basically any other back in the NFL. So yeah. the more I looked at it, the more I was like, Seahawks are the best team. They're the, uh, listen, I'm not mad at you for that comment. You're not like, I'm not like, Thank oh you. my gosh, you're so stupid on yeah. it. How could you say that? I would leave I mean, if you did they that. lost at home in a game where they had some crazy turnovers and, you know, had a punt return against them. They lost in a fashion which we don't really see the Seahawks lose by very often over the Pete Carroll era. So it's almost an outlier in itself. Yeah. I mean, they could very easily be 6-0. I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm with you. I mean, even with all those things that happened, they had chances to come back and win that football game against the Saints. You know, again, like we'll talk about with most of the great teams in the NFL, and this is where it worries me about the Rams because I don't think their O-line is great, and that scares yeah. me. But the great teams in football, the one thing we're seeing right now, whether it's the Patriots, the Seahawks, you know, the 49ers here we're talking about, you know, and, and you know, who else am I talking Green Bay Packers, okay? Yeah. They're, they're a one-loss football team. You know, you know, even Dallas, okay, the New Orleans Saints, certainly – they can win the battles up front or at least not lose battles up front sure. egregiously against any team in football. And to me, that's where the game always starts, right there. And Seattle, Amen, they got, they're getting Jerron Reed back this week, okay? And Ezekiel Anza and Devion Clowney, I'm telling you, they're still just rounded into shape. Hmm. I mean, Ezekiel Anza didn't play football last year, really. Jadeveon Clowney didn't do crap during training camp. So they're just hitting their stride. And now you got Jerron Reed coming back, who's one of the best D tackles in football. Yeah, you know, it just shows you once again in that game, and I don't even mean to spend this much time, no. I'm sorry, but this was a fun game yesterday. It shows you one team with, like, battle-tested championship pedigree. We're not going to panic. We're down 20-6. to six. And there's another team that's like, we're up 20-6. to six. Yeah. We're up 20-6. to six. Oh, my gosh, what do we do? Oh, this is the ball? Oh, yeah. gosh, we're going to fumble and intercept it now. Let you back in. I mean, there's just some, you know, stupid mistakes by Baker Mayfield. Nick Chubb fumbles. You know, maybe a bad call on the, fum the fumble by Jarvis Landry, okay. But then the next play, you know, they don't get in on a fourth and goal from the one. You know, there's little things yeah. like that where 
So where one team is the Seahawks get in. They, the Seahawks feel like, okay, we're gonna make this play. How are we gonna win this game? Exactly. And the right. Browns are like, okay, how are we? How I do hope. We get, I hope. How we do can we do not it. lose this game? Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's, it's so different. What do you think? Baker Mayfield now leading the NFL with 11 interceptions, had three more in the game. Yes. Uh, there's some issues. I mean, he looked so good at the end of last year. Yeah. It's kind of a head scratcher. What What happened so far this year? With yeah. Him? Well, he's been more errant with throws. I think yesterday I was encouraged by things I saw. I mean, Matt Casey, as me and him were sitting next to each other, we, you know, there was a lot of times where we looked at each other, right, and we were like, oh, look, he stayed in the pocket. Like, he wanted to leave, and yeah. he was just like, oh, wait, coach told me to stay in here, and then he made some good throws. You know, there were some things to be really encouraged about. Or he about. made a good tackle after the interception. Well, like but yes, yeah. the interceptions, like, hey, the one in the end zone, you know, hey, trying to fit it in there, kind of off target, the one at the end of the game, just like we talked about with Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm going to get missing Tevin Coleman. Yeah. He's thrown to a running back. You can't throw the ball three feet behind the running back. You just can't. Like, John Gruden would have blamed me a hundred out of a hundred times if I threw a ball like that to Michael Pittman or Cadillac Williams or Mike Allstott. He's, you know, they're running backs. you got to put it on their numbers. you got to put yeah. it right beneath their chin every time. So, yeah, that goes on to him uh, definitely. You know, hey, they ran the ball. There was a lot of things to take away from that football game. But they just played a team that's damn, damn good and fearless. And they have... You know, you could argue that Russell Wilson's the best quarterback in football. I don't like if somebody said like Russell Wilson's better than Patrick Mahomes, I wouldn't go. You're insane. Yeah, I get it. He he's, looks like it. I mean, he's and, special. And, and I think all these years of of learning the offense, learning what defenses do, and it just sure. seems like it's automatic. It's become automatic well, for yeah. Russell Wilson. And then he's just he's like. You know, whether he talks to God or whatever, I mean, I know he's got a lifeline with him, whatever, but yeah. he's never phased by any situations. No, he's not. You know, it just doesn't matter. It just, no matter what it is, oh, we're down by 14. Oh, I got to go, we got to drive down to win a game winning touchdown here. No problem. Yeah. I'll scramble. I'll make some great throws. I mean, they're, they are dangerous, the Seahawks. Good team. And I think they got maybe as dangerous of weapons on the outside as I've ever seen them have, really. You know what I got to say to that? What do you got? Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Uh, and because you brought up the Saints, and because I think they are in the conversation they for, are. for NFC's best team, sure. uh, they got the win over the Jaguars. 13-6 to was the final score. Right. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater wins his fourth straight start, but uh, my headline for this one would be yeah. same as it ever was because they started the year last year, 5-1. and one. This year, no Drew Brees, no, no difference, 5-1. Oh, and one. oh. But there was an ex-quarterback out there that thought Drew Brees was the second-best quarterback in football, and Tom Brady was one and two. Looks like my rankings were closer. I don't want to call that quarterback out, but his initials were KW. Yeah, that's all right. I'm going to call him out a little. He's going to have to take it. He trolled me passive-aggressively, so he's going to have to deal with this for a little bit. And a lot of his background was like, oh, I'm about wins. Okay, so is Teddy Bridgewater the, one of the five best quarterbacks in football? Because he's winning. Yeah. He's undefeated. In fact, their one loss is when Drew Brees was starting. No, I know he got hurt. That's not really fair. But, yeah. but the, 40, the, 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 the Saints, just like the teams we've talked about so far, you know, they are a phenomenal D-line. Their O-line can handle any defense in football. They can play a multitude of style of football games, right? Yeah. You know, oh, we got to get in the shootout with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Zing, zing, zing. Okay, no problem. Oh, we got to play Jacksonville and play like Smash Mouth. No problem. We'll hang in there. I thought Teddy Bridgewater just adapting properly to each game has really been the thing, like not being careless, just knowing he's playing Jacksonville. Oh, our defense is good. We can slow them down. Uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it close to the vest and play conservative. That's part of being a quarterback. And, you know, again, like if Drew Brees is playing, I don't like sit there and go, oh, they would have won like 27 to 6. No, they would have been 13 to 6. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really doubt that, you know. 
Um, it, maybe it would have been 16 to 6. I don't know. But I'm just saying it's not going to be that big of a difference. The Rams, I mean, the, the Saints are, are really good. And I know I said this last week, but I'm just really impressed with their defense. It's changed uh, ever since the Dallas game. They've stopped being so aggressive in the secondary, and I think it's really going to go a long, long way for them. They've stopped being aggressive everywhere because I was looking at, at this stat. Blitzes in the NFL. Uh, Saints came into the week with the fewest blitzes in the NFL. Good. That's the way they should play. They got a special front four. We talk about like every year about like, oh, they, that team could get there with the front four. They, they have those kind of guys. They can push the pocket. They can rush off the edge. You know, their front four, you know, just like we were talking about with the 49ers, they can stop the run kind of all by themselves. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's certainly one of the, the strengths of their football team. You were undefeated in your picks. Guess who else was undefeated in his pick in this game? The Pope. Oh. Pope Francis. Did you see that? Yeah, the Pope is a nice guy. Uh-huh. So here, here's what he did. He tweeted, he tweeted about, uh, about the new saints. We we're reading it uh, if you're watching on YouTube here. Today we give thanks to the Lord for our new hashtag saints. And then you get the little saints logo there. What is it? That, Fleur I mean, de uh, Fleur de Lis. Yes. Fleur de yes. Uh, I don't think he meant to do that, but. But now the NFL, everybody knows him. It was a good omen. Yeah. And they, and they won. And Teddy Bridgewater Game manager doing exactly what they want him to do. Second lowest bad throw percentage in the NFL, according to Pro Football Reference. Well, there you go. He's, he's doing what he's, he's not making mistakes. Accurate. He's not making mistakes. He's not like trying to do too much. Oh, the pack pockets collapsing. He'll take the sack. You know, sometimes you got to punt. The other team's got professionals too, so you're not going to win every play in the NFL. And his approach has really been right. I think the genius of what has gone on there is this: when you have a team that is a Super Bowl team, you don't risk it and have a shitty backup quarterback. And them having to pay him, you know, to be the most expensive backup quarterback in football was one of the moves of the offseason. Because yeah. they, they knew, we have a Super Bowl team and we got a quarterback that's about to be 40. And if he goes down, what's going to happen? Are we going to just fall off the earth? No, let's sign Teddy Bridgewater so we don't fall off the earth. And there they are sitting here at 5-1 and are they five and one or 6-1? and 5-1. and one. Yeah, 5-1. Five 5-1 and five one. And one yep. Saints. One more headline before we get to our second deep dive. Headliner. Texans and Chiefs. And uh, this headline for Panthers-Buccaneers. What mm. do you think of this? Uh, Panthers won 37-26. My headline for this game, yeah. Panthers D makes Kyle Allen the story once again. So, you know, because the defense is so good, <laughs> yeah. Kyle Allen Kyle winning, Allen winning is his undefeated. fourth straight start, yeah. uh, just like Teddy Bridgewater was the story because that defense is so good. He is uh, he's doing a great job, but you're, you're right, it does. It starts with the defense and Christian McCaffrey. I mean, that's where it starts. And, and yesterday, again, you know, McCaffrey we, didn't have gaudy numbers no, yesterday. But, but where I give them credit, and I say this a lot with like Sean Payton or John Gruden, they, the attempts for running the football are almost as important as the actual yards themselves. And just because they couldn't run the ball yesterday, they continued to run it to help the pass game. So Kyle Allen can make a play downfield every now and then to DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel. But again, here's Kyle Allen, another guy who's just playing the right way. You know, he knows he's got a good defense. He knows he's got a run game. And he's not trying to reinvent the wheel right. every quarter to go like, oh, look, I'm, I'm Deshaun Watson. I'm awesome, too. No, he knows who he is as a player. People are open. He throws it in there and hits strikes. You know, if it's dicey or whatever else, he'll take a sack, throw the ball away. I mean, I just think he's doing a great job. And that defense is special. There's no I mean, other way to say they it. They had seven takeaways. They had five interceptions on Jameis Winston, seven sacks on Winston. Uh, former former <laughs> Bucks lineman Gerald McCoy had two and a half sacks himself. Yeah, calling for him. out what they do. He was, right. he was helping them. He was scouting too. Um, 
Panthers' aggressive defense came into the week with the most blitzes in the NFL. They just get after. They get after. So it's a, Jameis Winston did not have a good game. Not a lot of quarterbacks are going to have a good game against that, that defense. No, they can make you look ugly. And, you know, I know everyone's going to sit here and, like, bag on Jameis Winston, too. And I'm, I'm going to say this. And I, I, I have maybe a little soft spot in my heart for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they drafted me and I played there. And I, maybe I am a little biased here. That ship but, out there in the crowd. Yeah, that ship. Cool. Right, right. Yeah. Yo, ho, yo, ho, the pirate's life for me. Yeah, that's cool. Yes. I mean, it, uh, but, you know, yeah, he threw five interceptions. All right, one thing is I'll give I, – I really respect this about Jameis Winston. He doesn't – he goes down swinging. He's not going to like, oh, we're down by 15 and I'm just going to tuck into a shell and right. throw the check down every now and then so nobody can get on me. He, he was still trying to win the game, so he was aggressive. The other thing is go back and look at some of the interceptions. I mean, the fumbles – I got no excuse for him. I mean, some of that, like, you can't hold the ball for 27 seconds and dodge seven guys and not think defense alignment are going to, like, hit you from behind at some point. Sure. That's just inexcusable. But the interceptions, Ahmed, I mean, damn. I mean, he was under duress. I, you know, out of, the, out of the five, I mean, three of them, he's getting hit as he's throwing the football. And, you know, they're just, they didn't pass protect well. And, you know, you talked about the blitz, plus they have talent and they got big guys. You know, that Panthers defensive line's real, and they got great linebackers and a sneaky good secondary, and they're really well coached. Panthers had 10 quarterback hits in the game. Jeez. Jameis has taken more. Qu- so here's what I'm thinking. So there you go. I'm Look thinking. I love when you back me up with my stuff from what I see, and yeah. I don't know the numbers. If it didn't back you up, I would yeah. just scratch it out and not really. <laughs> um, um, But so here, a lot of people assume that the, that the union between Bruce Arians and Jameis Winston was a good one. Yeah. A match. I'm going to say – a jury's still out. I mean, maybe, yeah, I maybe so. it's maybe. not a match because, you know, you've talked about, uh, about Bruce Arians and how the quarterbacks they keep get the hit ball. They get hit. I mean, right. he, he's been hit more than any other quarterback in the league. Yep. He's had the, he has the second uh, longest depth of target in the NFL. There you so go. So throw, he's being asked to throw big passes down the field a lot. Hold on to it long, throw it deep downfield. That's what they're asking him to do. And right. it's, it's, there's been some big games for him, yeah. but there's also been games like we saw yesterday. Yeah, no, there was. It was just it kind of all you know came to a pinnacle as far as disaster is concerned yesterday. But, yeah, I mean, those are things to recognize. You know, context does matter. It does, and especially when you're playing quarterback and it comes to football and all these variables that you're talking about. And, yeah, I mean, it's one of the things I think Bruce Arians, you know, if he wants, and Byron Leftwich, if he wants to be a head coach, you just can't do that to your quarterback this day and age. He yeah. can't be just getting lambasted. You can't be like, hey, quarterback, put on weight every offseason because, you know, we're going to get you fucking killed in sure. there, and we want you to throw it 30 yards down the field every play. You know, there, there's got to be a little give and take there in that relationship. But really – since week one, Jameis Winston has played really well. Yesterday it fell off. But when you go to the Panthers game, hey, the Giants game, he did everything they did, could do in the world to win that game. I mean, Bruce Arians and the, the you know, mistake at the end and them getting the penalty and missing right. the field goal, I mean, that's not Jameis Winston's fault. No. Then he goes out and puts, torches the Rams. He didn't do bad against the Saints either last week. That was a tight football game. And, of course, the Saints are good. Uh, and then yesterday, yeah, it kind of all crumbled a little bit. But I don't sit there and just go – Jameis Winston was a total disaster. I think you got to look at some of those plays and turnovers to, to really feel for it. And to put a it. bow on it, I thought uh, Chris uh, Godwin was good again. Ten catches, 151 yards. He's a real weapon with uh, with Mike Evans like, for the Bucks. I'm pretty sure. I mean, Chris Godwin's leading the NFL in yards right now. You know, I mean that that, that says something. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what any other ones say. Now, a lot goes into the offense, and a lot goes to Jameis Winston there, sure. too, because he's willing to throw it down the field a little bit. But, yeah, Godwin is 662 yards, a total, uh, total receiving yards right now. And, you know, that's 30 yards in front of Michael Thomas. He's got a 15.4-yard per catch average. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's damn good. And you know what else is crazy? Huh. I mean, if, if Mike Evans catches the bomb before the half was over – I mean, that game's going to be a game. I mean, yeah. you're, you're going, uh-oh, watch out. Like, this, this could get interesting. Uh, he drops that. He didn't have his best day yesterday either. Okay. All right. Panthers get the win. Though. I like you doing the headlines. I like it better. You like when I throw the headlines. I like it better, Okay. Yeah. All right, we'll do that. Yeah, then. I'm not a headline guy. So I'm that a, way I'm you a can, potato guy. You can say, I like it, or that was dumb. Yeah. You can, yeah, you, right. you're I the like arbiter. It. You're the judge of the headline. Okay, now. good. I like that. You want to go deep dive? Yeah, you want to get in? Again. You want to get into it? Okay, let's go deep dive. Um, but first, before we get into it, yeah. uh, let's, let's hear from the quarterbacks. We got Texans Chiefs. We got Deshaun Watson versus Patrick Mahomes. Here's what they were saying afterwards. We never got discouraged. We kept fighting. We kept pushing. We kept encouraging, and uh, that's the biggest part about that. That this locker room, um, everyone, you know, is, is always fighting to the end, regardless of what the score is saying. We kind of don't even look at the scoreboard. We, uh, you know, play 60 minutes and we play every play, and then uh, towards the end of the game, that's when we kind of look at the scoreboard and see what's what's going on. Yeah, if I felt like Michael was affecting the, the team and, and the success of, of the offense, I would for sure uh, uh, move on. But uh, at the same time, I feel like I'm still moving around. I'm still able to run, scramble, uh, throw. And, uh, I mean, we just, we just haven't executed a high enough, uh, high enough success rate as offense. Deep dive. Chiefs, Texans. So you heard Patrick Mahomes. You want to start with the Chiefs, though, versus the Texans D then? Yeah, sure. Let's do okay. that. So First he, of all, I like the Sean Watson's outfit if you're watching on YouTube. L- yeah. Lumberjack look? Yeah. Or I don't know. Maybe he's Rugged. like he's digging for gold because he's got a lot of gold on his necklace, yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, damn. Yeah, he's look looking good. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good look. Good. You pull back the, the hat a little bit so right. you can... You see can the waves on the hair, hair airline. Good. Yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a good. good call. And yeah. then Patrick Mahomes too. I don't. I mean, like my voice is a little weird today. I, it feels like his voice is different this year than it was last year. Is Remember he, how everyone made a big deal about like his, his voice? Kermit the Frog voice? Yeah, I feel like it's not. He's that. Try, he's trying to talk more like this this yeah, year and have like a is. little from the diaphragm because he doesn't want to sound you know like, like that. Maybe I'm just more used to it, but I feel like he talks. He's less Kermit the Frog. He's less Kermity this yep. year. Um, Go back to the way you were. Less Kermity, more hobbly, though, because he does have that ankle injury. So yeah. he, he doesn't think it's been affecting him. He threw three more touchdowns here, but he's clearly not as mobile as he would be no. if he didn't have that injury. No, and uh, no mobi- not the mobility, you know, the offensive line's not playing great right now as far as pack- pass protection is concerned. Um, you know, yeah, they don't run the ball, as you know. Yeah. We've done deep dives on them, I feel like, the last couple of weeks. Well, yeah, here, I mean, people are obsessed with it. I get it. Are there, is there anything that was different in this game than you've seen the, la- the last couple of games with them? Because, yeah, we've heard, you know, obviously they didn't have the running game. No, I, Offensive yeah. line hasn't been good. Right. Were there uh, any other red flags or improvements that, than the last couple of weeks? Well, he's still amazing. I mean, we, we know that. I mean, this is still, this is really a really special player. I will say this. Uh, there were some off-target throws where I felt like there was a few throws in the game, more than a few. I wouldn't say it if it was just like two or three. I felt like there was, uh, you know, eight, ten throws where he didn't step into throws. You know, you've heard me say, like, if you're standing on a clock, right, and you're going to throw a football and you want to throw the ball at 11 o'clock, yeah. man, does he step at 9 and 8.30 a whole lot. And that's not always going to lead to, you know, on-target throws or uncork all of his power that's available to him in that special, special arm. Uh, now, he's special, but I think the, really the big thing at the end of the day, more than anything with their offense, is – 
you know, I'm going to go back to it. The offense is built on players. It's built on his ability to, oh, I got Watkins or Hill one-on-one, and they got a step, and I'm going to throw the rifle, or I'm going to throw the bomb, and we're going to put it on target. That's what they are. That's what they're built to do. And Tyree Kill, he didn't play a ton in the game yesterday. They limited his yeah. snaps. He had an effect, of course, and certainly with that first touchdown. He's just, really good. I mean, right? like you, you think about show. it, and you think about, okay, he's a burner. Right. right. He can just get separation, and the dude has a vertical leap that's insane oh, on that first you touchdown. You think he can dunk? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with his head, maybe. I mean, yeah, he can. That, that first touchdown he caught, it just like he outjumped. I mean, the he was four feet in the air. His feet were four feet off the ground. Justin Reed was there. He yes. was sitting there. Yes. He was in perfect position, and Tyreek just jumped over him and took the ball from him. Yes. Um, so he obviously, I mean, it's one of those things we we're talking about with the Cowboys. It's like when you don't have him, of course you're going to be a little uh, a little rough yes. offensively. You're going right. to struggle to make plays. Definitely. And, hey, yeah, they got him back. That's great. But they're still missing another key part, and that's Sammy Watkins. We can't yeah. forget that. And then they're missing their first pick of the NFL draft, Eric Fisher at left tackle. So they got little issues in that alone, let alone – um, and we'll get to the other side of the ball. Their yeah. defense isn't helping them out, sure. and we'll get into that conversation. I mean, it's hard to be a really good offense when you only have three plays in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's how many plays he had in the fourth quarter. That's he played crazy. three plays. Am I right about that? Maybe it was four. I, no, I think they only had like yeah. two drives in the I second mean, half. It yeah, it, like. it was three ball. drives in the second three half. Three drives in the second three half. Three drives in the second half, and I'm going to even – you know, the fourth quarter, I mean, just, just so you know, you know, the Texans had the ball for 13 minutes and 35 seconds. That means there's a minute and 25 seconds left over for the greatest quarterback in the league right now. So You barely uh, had the ball. You still lost only by a touchdown, Yeah, that's it's, Right. It's a team sport, and uh, you know, that can affect you from, from that aspect. And um, I, I think the, the big thing is this, though. This is the third week in a row we've seen man-to-man coverage just across the board. Yeah. Okay? There's just not enough being done to beat it. They're a little too predictable. I see a few too many – of the same play, same call, too much, yeah. in my opinion, okay? And, hey, maybe you can get away with it if Sammy Watkins is healthy and everything like that. I get it. But, you know, teams are comfortable playing man-to-man against them right now because they're going, we got a good feel for what they're doing. So let's play them man-to-man and make it contested. And, you know, we'll cheat the safety sure. towards a Tyree kill like they did yesterday a little bit in certain situations. So he just gets a little scared to throw it there. And then you try to go find somebody else. Yeah, Demarcus Robinson's good. You know, uh, we know that. But still, mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, Hardman's good and he's got potential, but he's not like special, special yet. And I really think it's a little bit of the predictability of the offense more that's affecting them more than anything right now. And it's a little nitpicky, right? Because yeah. I think it's still a, what, a top five. Oh, I think it's even more than that. So, yeah, you're so right. It's, it's a little nitpicky. No, we're being, it's number the, three in football. So you're right. Started the game with two 90 yard touchdown drives in the first quarter. Exactly so the, right. It's their defense is making their offense look worse, if that makes any sense. Yes. You know, it's just they, they're losing these games. And so you find areas where they're not executing. Um, offensive had the big penalty okay right yeah. where you know the, the controversial you know what the hell was that which is really weird by the NFL okay with Travis Kelsey oh, the yeah. picked up pass interference call so, so yeah uh, there was a lot made of that that you right know, that Patrick Mahomes saw the flag which he did just, not let's just set that straight right now you don't you don't think he saw the well flag. I know he didn't because the guy didn't throw the ball throw the flag until the ball was almost at the five yard line in the air oh, so we can end that discussion right now now, maybe he saw the guy being held and 
hey, maybe he thought, oh, they're going to throw it on there. But he was throwing that ball to the corner no matter what. So that was an interception anyway, shape, or form, okay? He was going there. The guy was supposed to run a post corner, or not a post corner, the slot guy was supposed to go to the corner and got caught off in some trash with bodies and couldn't get there, and he threw it. So he made a bad play, but nonetheless, that does not take it away that I don't know what the hell the NFL did there. I mean, okay, if it's not pass interference, I get it. They know, you got to throw the ball to that guy for it to be pass interference. It should have been defensive holding yeah. at the very least. And that was just an awkward – Right. I, and, and, again, we can certainly blame that play. I'm just going to say this, too. I'm not going to blame the game on that play because there were some bad calls on the other side, too. There were some, some calls on the, the Texans where I, want, I was, went like, what? That is pitiful. So – uh, overall, I did not think it was a well-officiated game in general. That's what I'm just going to say. And, yeah, the Chiefs being a little one-dimensional, not being at full strength, what the Texans, being a hair What did the Texans do well? Who, who stood out to you on the Texans' well, side? Well, the Texans, the Texans are big up front, okay? So they can stop the run. They, so they can put all their basket into, like, hey, front four, middle linebacker, you guys worry about the run. Secondary? You guys got to stop all these speed boomers and Mahomes. And, you know, so they have one great aspect of their defense, which allows them to put more eggs into the, oh, let's stop this part of the offense basket, right? right. Uh, that's where they're good. And, you know, they're, they're, be- they're, they're actually better in the secondary than I expect them to be. Okay. Big blow, Bradley Roby getting hurt. I just saw that before we went on. He has done a nice job. But Reed at safety, Jaleel Adai, you know, he has done well. Um, who else? I just want to make sure I'm not missing anybody else there that just jumps out to me. And to Sean Gibson, his ability to cover tight ends and get involved there. You know, the, the, Lonnie Johnson, a rookie who's a big corner who gave Travis Kelsey, he was the guy that kind of threw Travis Kelsey to the ground. Yeah. He can give some of the big receivers and big tight ends an issue. Uh, but their size and, you know, J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt popped in some big moments of the game. Their pass rush popped in some big moments. Chiefs are up 10, 10 to 3. Right? They're up. Yeah, I just want to make sure I got this right. Uh, maybe it was 10 to nothing. Or no, they're up th- 7 to nothing. Sorry, I'm going to get yeah. this right, okay? <laughs> 7 to nothing. They, on the first drive, they went down and scored a touchdown. If you remember this, the Texans fumbled the first play. They had the ball. Hyde right. fumbled up the middle. So now the Chiefs got the ball again, and you're going to go, oh my gosh, they're going to go up 14 nothing. And then, like, Deshaun Watson hasn't even thrown a ball yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, J.J. Watt saved the day. He saved the day. He whooped Mitchell Schwartz on the right side on second and third down when there's going to be people open for Mahomes to throw a touchdown, and he got pressure to affect the play to where Mahomes couldn't throw them the ball and ultimately made them kick the field goal. So now instead of being down 14-0, it's only 10-0. Texans go down and get a field goal. It's 10-3. Little things like that are huge in a football game. The Texans players just made some plays uh, right. you know, when they needed to. All right. Does that does that wrap yeah, up? Yeah, I think I, I think Texans D. I think so. You know, we talked about a little bit of the predictability of the past game. My big thing is they're never going to run the ball. They still have to find more man-to-man beaters. You got to find more picks, rubs, shallow crosses, all of that. And they had a lot of screens in the first half. Yeah. They can't invent enough screens. Listen, if they want to play, we're going to throw the ball a million miles down the field. Then you got to have a million things to throw the ball sure. short, right? So you can put the defense in a bind. Like, damn, we want to get underneath all these deep routes, but 
damn, they're throwing screens every other play. So they can't invent enough screens. They they need to like go to infinity and beyond for the screens. Do you know Remember, what movie that's from, yeah, Infinity and Beyond? Yeah, uh, Toy Story. Yeah, wow, you watched a movie for the first the, time. I haven't in your watched life. it, but I'm familiar with the line. Yeah. Um, right. So you remember last week how it was a big deal when I put Andy Reid on notice? Remember that? Yeah. I, I don't do that lightly. I yeah. put him on notice. I'm keeping him on notice. You're keeping him on notice. Yeah. Yeah, he, need, he, needs to up, he needs to up his game a little He's bit. He's not right off now. notice. Yeah, I'm going to keep him on notice. I get it. I'm, I'm there with you. <laughs> um, so let's go over to Texans O, Chiefs D. Yep. Deshaun Watson, good again. He had a couple TDs on the ground, 280 yards, one touchdown. Uh, this was kind of interesting. When he got the ball out quick, uh, two and a half seconds or less, he was 23 of 25. So it was like, boom, boom, getting the ball out quick, making a lot of short passes, some yep. intermediate yep. areas. Um, so the numbers look pretty good for, yes. for Watson here in the in the Texans. What did the film look like? Well, the the film looked really damn good too. You know, I think um, you know the Chiefs' defense is not good. They have to first off, I just they got to figure something out. And my advice with the Chiefs would really be like, you, you can't play this slow death defense. They got to figure out what they want to do. And, and my advice would be, start yeah, fast death. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, because at least Patrick Mahomes gets to get back on the field. That's true. Instead of sitting over there doing nothing. Yeah. If all your money is in the passing game and the offense, it's not doing anything good next to the Gatorade bottles. Yeah. Okay? So, to me, you know, right now they're being like, they're not good at anything. They're half a nothing at everything. All right? They can't stop the run. You know, their secondary is not bad. I look at their pass coverages, and it's not perfect, but it's not bad. They're Okay. But they're being compromised because they can't stop the run. So then at times they have to do things in pass coverage where I don't think Steve Spagnolo and Andy Reid really want to do it. Yeah. But they're going, damn, it's hide up the middle for five. Hide up the middle for five. Mm -hmm. And they're having to do things to crowd the line of scrimmage and then putting their secondary in some tough spots that way. That would be the big thing uh, overall. But Billy O'Brien, the Texans are tough. He always stays consistent with the run. Carl, I mean, uh, Carlos Hyde. 116 for Carlos Hyde. Yeah, he runs hard. And they're going to give him, you know, the carries to continue to find, a, find that rhythm and wear people out and do that way. But the big thing is the front seven for the Chiefs, especially without Chris Jones, they're just not good. I don't know the way to say it. Defensive tackles, nothing special. You know, Frank Clark is having a solid year, but he's being paid like he's a superstar. and He's not showing up like a superstar. Linebackers, eh. Okay, I mean, their secondary is really the bread and butter of their defense, but they're not like the New England Patriots where you're going to just say, oh, man, I'm up and we'll figure it out the sure. rest of this stuff. No, they're not that talented. They're a good secondary, and Tyron Matthews good, and the rookie Thornhill's good, and, you know, Breland has some issues in man-to-man -man coverage, and Sharkavius Ward's good, and they got Morris Claiborne. They got some things there, but I really would. I would become a blitz team if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs. I would reinvent the wheel and say, we're coming. We're blitzing, and either we're going to cause havoc and get sacks and cause turnovers, or we're going to let up 60-yard touchdown and Mahomes will be back on the field. Yeah. But we're not going to lose with him next to the Gatorade bottles. Sure. I think that really has to be the big thing overall more than anything, and that's really the issue with them. Watson is phenomenal. We know that. Played phenomenal. So deadly with some of the things he can do. And there were some drops, too. Will Fuller, who had the great game two weeks ago or the week yes. before this week. He yeah. dropped three touchdown passes. Yeah. In the game, you know, and I think, I think two of them or one of them, it didn't matter because they ended up scoring a touchdown on the drive anyways. But the other two, I think they ended up settle for field goals. Deshaun Watson, I mean, Deshaun Watson, uh, Hopkins dropped a touchdown pass over he the did. middle. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they, they didn't even you know, click on all, all cylinders that way in the passing game, but, but did enough to get it done.
No sack for Deshaun Watson for two straight games now. That had been a problem for yeah. him and the Houston Well, they're Texans. getting the ball out quickly, like you're saying. Getting the ball out quick. You know, they're being smart there. Uh, the Chiefs' D. So last year, they gave up 405 yards per game. Right. Second most in the NFL. Right. Do you think they're giving up more or fewer yards per game this year than they were last year? How many was it last year? 405 per game, mm. total yards. Gosh, damn. I know they're giving up, like, 160-something in the run game right now, so... That means you only got to give up a little over 200 in the past game to visit. So I'm going to go their worst right now. 406. Damn. One, one yard worse. They Is are. that right? Holy yeah, crap. 406 per game. Yeah, that's not good. You know, you, you just can't be half of nothing. Yeah. You got to be something. And uh, I really think that's what they need to be. They need to just – Steve Spagnuolo needs to do what he did, like Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, Super Bowl 42, come out with a million different blitzes, zone blitzes, man blitzes, just throw the kitchen sink at people. Maybe you cross havoc. If you don't, at least Mahomes and company are back on the field and get in some rhythm. But it's hard to win football yeah. games when the best part of your team is on the sideline for the third week in a row for the majority of the game. Pete got in my ear and he said, don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one That's thing. right. Is I that like right? a big whole ass. That's right. I like There's a big whole spots. ass. Who likes half an ass? No, you want to do the whole ass. I want the whole ass. Okay. Right. Okay. Yes. Is that it? Did we cover it all I there? think we did. Um, let me just make sure I got it all. I just want to see if there's anything... Yeah, no, I mean, I, th I think that's that's really that's really it for the most part. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, we got more podcasts. Okay. We're not the only podcast out there. Oh, that's right. You're, We've got talking to we me. Got, to we do got something. Mike Tirico. And we got the NHL the podcast. NHL. Podcast. Okay, our line starts. No, they're Canadian. They call the podcast. The podcast. Yeah. <laughs> or would that be British? <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, hey. British. Uh, Sounds like I'm from London. <laughs> uh, our line starts. Our line starts podcast with the knuckleheads from our NBC NHL hockey team. Okay, knuckleheads. But I mean that in a good way. Yeah. Uh, it's a new NHL podcast with our hockey analysts Keith Jones, Jeremy Roenick, Mike Milbury, Patrick Sharp, Pierre Maguire. All good dudes. All love the sport. I mean, they are in it. They live it. First episode was posted last week, okay? It was uh, Jeremy Roenick and Jonesy, okay, as they call him here, Keith Jones, reacted to the latest NHL news, stories about fighting, and how Ty Domi knocked out his own front teeth. Whoa, what? he knocked out his own front teeth. Yeah, Damn. to well, motivate hockey... the team. He did it to motivate the team. Did he really? I don't know. Oh. I actually don't know. That would be it. That would be him. Is that really what he did? Just to, like before the game, like, hey guys, we're into it. I've got no teeth. We anymore. will not lose. <laughs> <laughs> I have no teeth. Let's go. Uh, yeah. But I don't even doubt that because hockey, hockey players are. If psycho. you came in low energy one day on the podcast, yeah. I would think about doing that. You would knock your teeth out. Yeah, no, you just wouldn't. to get your energy no, you up. Wouldn't. If my energy's low, just say the f word one day and then it'll get back up. Okay. Okay. When you do that, that's when I'll, I'm going to really go through the roof. Keep my teeth. Uh, okay. Pierre Maguire interview with Vegas Golden Knights president George McPhee. Uh, that'll be a good listen. But, man, if you're into hockey, I mean, these guys live it. We know the NHL and NBC, they're all mm -hmm. over it. Uh, and uh, certainly a good listen and, and some personality. We're just getting uh, started, like. too. We're just getting started with, uh, with the season. Just so getting can, started. Jump on board uh, early in the year. Yes, sir. Uh, let's get through the, uh, the other games here. Yep. So I got uh, Ravens get the win over the Bengals, 23-17. Bengals still have not won a game. Ravens 4-2 and two now. Yeah. My headline is for the Ravens, it's about to get real. So I think you win the game here. It was the Bengals team you were supposed to be. You look good. Lamar was good. You know, 100-yard rushing game for him. Uh, fantastic. Fantastic. But they've got Seattle by New England, Cincinnati, 
but then Houston, Rams, San Francisco. Yeah, so, so we're going to know what they are. Gauntlet. Yeah. Um, Ravens are good. I'm not sure how good. Lamar Jackson, good thing they kept him at quarterback, okay? I mean, yeah. Good thing. Although he would probably dominate as a receiver, too. I mean, he's just that good. He's yeah. eighth in the NFL in rushing, which is just, That's like, crazy. ludicrous, okay? <laughs> yeah. And he's a special runner. There's no way to – there's no other way to say it. 19 carries, 152 yards. Yeah. I mean – Rushing. Yeah. They're a team that when they don't have Hollywood Brown, they, lock, they lack big playability and lack speed. Overall, their team lacks speed in general. But – He's the, the speed guy on the offense. I mean, they want to smash it up the middle, smash it up the middle. Lamar, get on the edge, make something happen. Lamar, yeah. get on the edge, make something happen. You know, his throwing's been really good. I mean, he doesn't turn the ball over. He's pretty accurate for the most part. I am going to go back and watch that film uh, here in the next two days, so I'll, di- I'll deep dive that from Wednesday. Okay. But, yeah, I'm just impressed with the way he plays the game. And, you know, in a game like yesterday where the Bengals are not good, we know that. Um but no Hollywood Brown playing, you know, that makes life hard on the Baltimore Ravens because there's no guy other than him that scares a defense. You know, they, they really don't. Uh, so I, I just am impressed with Lamar Jackson in, in general. You know, but it's another game where you look at them and you go, they just can't put teams away. They kind of no, let yeah, them hang it's around, still a six right? Six-point game. Yeah, just like the Cardinals game a few weeks ago, where you're like, "Hey, they're clearly the better team," but here we are, it's 23-17, and the Cardinals got the ball in the last drive to maybe yeah. win the game or whatever it is. And that was a little bit the way yesterday. They just couldn't put it away, and I can't give you the exact reasons why they couldn't. And that's why I need to watch the film, you know, because the stats tell you they that they should have. Like the Bengals look like a mess. Joe Mixon right. eight carries, ten yards. Andy Dalton had thirty-nine passes, but still just only two hundred and thirty-five yards. Right. So. It wasn't like they were lighting it up. No, not, not at all. You know, I mean, the only thing I, I know, you know, I saw Mark Andrews trying to, like, hurdle somebody, and the ball popped out of his hands. They had that turnover. Uh, but either way, I mean, Baltimore is going to be a pain in the butt because they are big and physical. They're one of those teams that we talk about, like, up front, there's no team that's going to be a mismatch for them in football. Their big thing is going to be speed teams. That's yeah. the issue for them. Like we saw against the Chiefs and things like that. When they have speed, they're a little compromised that way because they're all about size and power. Uh, We go from one dynamic quarterback to another, from Lamar Jackson to Devlin Hodges. Oh, baby. duck call. I'm so mad I picked the fucking Chargers last night. Steelers won. They got into the huge lead. They tried to blow it. The Chargers came back, but it was 24-17. My headline for this one, Chargers demoralized by away home game. (laughs) I mean, there were so many Steeler fans there. And there were a lot of 49er fans in... L.A. for the Rams game. Seems like it was 50-50 there, which was kind of shocking. It's a, it's a chance to go to L.A. and enjoy that traffic I for get... every uh, away team. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but the uh, Steelers get the win. Yeah, it was a Devlin Hodges. It is the year of the backup quarterback in the yeah. NFL, or, right. or maybe the year of the backup's backup. Yeah, well, I could have been a backup last night, and they would have won. I yeah. could have played that game. Not to take anything away from Devlin Hodges, certainly not. Devin Bush, he, there was all your offense you need. Yeah. Uh, he had, uh, he's been involved. There's been 14 turnovers this year. I'm going to give him a damn okay. Good. He deserves one. My first damn okay of the podcast. Yeah, damn. Okay. Yeah, he's damn, a baller. Okay. A rookie uh, middle pick linebacker? Out of Michigan. Yeah, he's in, been involved in six of the 14 turnovers this year for the Steelers. Had uh, two interceptions this year, uh, four fumble recoveries. He's been good. Really good. Um, they just, very surprising, the Chargers, how, how they just, it seemed like came out so flat. I'm going to uh, steal a phrase from my, my buddy, Matt Casey. and They're fraudulent. They're frauds. They're, they're oh. The Chargers are not turning this around. Just just get over it if you're a Chargers fan. I'm not trying to be a hater. 
They're not going to the playoffs this year. You, you, and you said that before the year. I, I did you, not think they would. You were off the bandwagon. And I wasn't sure like a few weeks ago. I was like, oh, maybe they will. Maybe I'm not sure. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, the way they were. Yeah. But, but I think I've seen enough now after six weeks ago. You just can't get it done for a lot of the same reasons we just talked about with the other good teams. They're overmatched up front in some games. And I said this on, you know, Football Night in America last night. I picked the damn, you know, Steelers. I mean, the Chargers to win 20-17, to 17, but I said as I picked it, I said I'm really worried about the Chargers' offensive line getting steamrolled by the Steelers' defensive line. The Steelers' defensive line is special. Now, I haven't heard what happened. Stephon Tuitt tore his pectoral. That would be a big thing for me, for them going forward. Stephon Tuitt, number 91, okay. is one of the better interior defensive linemen in the NFL. And he's, I would say, their best defensive player. He really is phenomenal. But you saw the game. I mean – Philip Rivers from the first snap of the game, it was like, oh gosh, holy cow, they're all over. They're they gonna kill him yeah. tonight. I mean, he took some shots. They just they couldn't do anything because of that front. Now I'm not sitting here to go, oh, all the Steelers things are cured or anything like that. Because if you can protect a little bit, I still think there's issues in the Steelers secondary. But that Steelers front, they can they're gonna be a pain in the ass and no matter who they play in football this year. And if they can just have some offense and some run game like we saw last night, sure. I still think they're going to be a pain in the ass for whoever they play against. I have another damn okay for yeah. this game, but I kind of want to hear the music. Do you? I want, do yeah, we let's have do it. Because it. it's my favorite let's song. Let's hear Slim Shady Sims. I'm okay. Damn. I'm okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yes. I'm okay. The legal gambolizing. Oh, baby. I am Chris Sims. I'm okay. Damn. Okay. Stan. Yeah, the illegal gambleizing. Although they're going to make it legal gambleizing throughout legal. Mo- most of the country. Yes, I'm point. sure they will because it's money. My second, uh, damn, okay. Yeah. From this game right? is uh, uh, T.J. Watt, brother of uh, Derek Watt. We all know him. <laughs> um, half a sack, four quarterback hits, knockdown pass. Uh, he's been. I mean, third year out of Wisconsin. He's played in uh, all but one of the possible games for the Steelers in his career so far. Yeah, no, I, I mean, they're part of that defense. I don't know who the hell their mom and dads are, but <laughs> I mean, if you told me it's fucking Thor and Hercules or somebody like that and Wonder Woman or whatever, yeah, you know, I, I didn't mean to say Thor and Hercules. I guess I should use those are two men together. It'd be well, hard to have fine, a baby yeah. that way. Uh, yeah, it'd be hard to have a baby. But you don't know in in, in theology or if it's possible. Oh, you know, you're right. Like I guess in, in theology, in, you're right. You could just lightning can strike. <laughs> And you could have a baby. Yeah, there it is. But cool. either way, their parents must be freaking super <laughs> freaks, okay? I don't know. Are you even speaking English uh, yeah, right now? Not, I don't think so. But I am a master at not speaking English, so don't <laughs> worry. And when we get to the uh, hour, you know, one and a half of the podcast, it yes, falls but, apart. Yes, but your point is is just. He's damn okay. Good. I like it. Uh, t- two more games real quick. Yeah. Cardinals beat the Falcons 33 or 34-33. Yeah. Uh, my headline Dan Quinn took over play calling duties on defense, may want to reevaluate. That's my headline. It's a <laughs> yeah. long headline, but yeah. that's, that's what I think. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, I think that's a valid, a valid headline. And uh, I think, you know, just a damn okay, okay. I just want to say that to Cliff Kingsbury, all right? Okay. Guy, I, I like doubted about whether he deserved to be hired. Sure. But I think he's proven that he deserved to be hired at this point. Two, three, and one, okay. And I know they haven't, like, beat world beaters. No. You know, they can't control the schedule. But they've beaten two teams where we went into the games against the Bengals and the Falcons where we're like, oh, I'm not sure if they're going to win and they can do this. And he's getting the most out of Kyler Murray. He is. Kyler Murray's talents are on full display. They are on full display. And Kyler Murray, one of the things that's jumped out to me is he has stopped trying to run around the edge. But Kyler Murray's special. I mean, he can just – he can sling the ball with the best of them. 
And then to your point, I mean, that defense sucks. I mean, they suck. Falcons defense. Oh, yeah. yes, the Falcons defense. They are horrible. 30, Arizona Cardinals aren't a whole lot game. to write home about either on yeah, the defensive side of the ball. True. I mean, Matt Ryan was 30 for 36 for 356 and four touchdowns. Cardinals the only team still without an interception this year. So Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, and so. they'll be getting Patrick P. back here uh, pretty soon. So but I hope you took the over on Cardinals-Falcons, although 60, yeah, that probably hit the over at that. I would think so. I mean, I, I, that's insane. But uh, just, yeah, I mean, it, no matter what you say there, uh, our Falcons man Kyler are, Murray is going to be a superstar. He's going to be a superstar. And David Johnson's still really good running back as far as what he can do running and catching the football. And, yeah, I mean, Matt Ryan's doing some good things, um, but they're just they're I mean, a disaster they, on the defensive side of the ball. They came back. I mean, Matt Bryant missed the extra point. Oh, I know. My they man, Matty B. I know. I played with him in Tampa. Disappointing. I think he's 74 years old now, yeah. so he's going to miss some field When lows. you played with him, it was 35th year in the league. <laughs> still around. Um, uh, I felt bad for him yesterday because he is like – he, I mean, he lives it, and he knows, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll take it to heart. He's not going to like letting, letting the team down, and it's, it's going to ruin his week. Like, he'll, he'll mope around and be pissed at himself all week long. The Falcons, to me, are kind of like um, a guy who's been at the same job for like 30 years and is just kind of clocking in now. Does it it kind of feels like they they get into work. They're just like, hey, how's it going? You know, yeah. you show up, you play the game, you go home. It's more about the weekend now for you. You I, know what I mean? It kind of seems like. It's if like you was, told me that what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball, I'd go, you're right. I don't yeah. know what they're doing there. What are they doing coaching all week? It's just some versatility and all of that. And I just, you know, the versatility of play calls, I mean, just doesn't exist. And then, you know, again, they're just a team that they can't survive injuries. It's one or two no. injuries on defense, and their team seems to fall apart. You go from uh, a couple of really bad defenses to our final game to talk about. That is uh, one of the best defenses in the league with the Broncos. Yeah. They shut out the Titans 16 to nothing. My headline, Yeah. 4-2 and two Broncos improved to 2-4. and four. <laughs> So I think they, uh, lost, they by two, lost by two points to the Bears, lost by two points to the Jacks. Right, and you could sit here and say they got screwed in both of them with some bad calls sure. at the end of the game. I mean, those, those uh, unnecessary roughness calls on the quarterback were certainly questionable. But, yeah, Vic Fangio and company are fighting. I mean, that's what you could say. And then, you know, when Joe Flacco just doesn't throw dumb interceptions, yeah. they got a chance. I mean, they do because of the defense. You know, the Broncos are one of those teams where you just go, if they can score 17, they got a chance to win the game. They haven't given up a touchdown in nine quarters. Holy now. shit. So they I mean, that just tells cool. you a lot. I mean, they – hey, uh, when I watch them, of course, Von Miller um, – uh, damn, the, the the kid from Florida State that I really like coming out in the draft, Demarcus Walker, he pops a lot, okay? Uh, Chris Harris yesterday I thought was absolutely phenomenal. I'm pretty sure he got an interception. Let me just make sure he did. But just some of the tackles and uh, plays he made in coverage and, and a few times when he let up a pass, like I went, oh, gosh, if this guy breaks the tackle, he's going to be like go for 50 yards, and he just slung him to the ground. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, Vic Fangio, I'm rooting for him because he's been Absolutely. around. He's a special, special defense of mine. And, yeah, the Titans offense, they're, they're just not good. It's not creative, and Mariota's, yeah. uh, you know. He was benched. It's just yeah, Strugglesville first, there. First interceptions of the year for Marcus Mariota, 7 of 18, 63 yards. Are we seeing the beginning of the end of Marcus Mariota in Tennessee? I, I would say so. I mean, I, I, I don't see how they're going to, you know, again, they're going to be a pain in the butt to play because they are, they got some, you know, they're Dean Pease and Vrabel. I think they're good coaches. You know, their offensive coordinator's new. He's unproven. He's trying to find his way. And Marcus Mariota is just not a pure quarterback. 
You know, I've always said this. He's an athlete who plays quarterback instead of being a quarterback who's an athlete. Sure. There's a difference there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I would expect them to go to Ryan Tannehill this week and see what he has. Okay, so if you were, if you were uh, Mike yes. Vrabel, they, yes. got, uh, they got the Chargers uh, coming to Tennessee. Yep. If you had to choose A, to start Marcus Mariota, yep. B, Ryan Tannehill, yes. or C, none of the above, it doesn't matter, no. what would you pick? I'm going Tannehill. They can beat, they can, you know, they can beat the Chargers. They can beat them. So. Yeah. And you would go Tannehill. I would go Tannehill. I think you need to see it. You're at a point right now where you're two and four, and we've seen enough inconsistent play from Marcus Mariota up and down and up and down to where let's see if Tannehill can go in there and be consistent and make some plays. Tannehill was a lot better than people realize in Miami, or give him credit for it. I don't want to say people yeah. realize. Couldn't you stay healthy. Couldn't stay healthy was certainly an issue. But if you look at his win-loss record – you know, ability to hit people down the field, some of the things he did there, it's a little bit better than maybe we all perceive. And I know that yeah. me, me as well. I kind of deep-dived into it last year a little bit and realized, like, yeah, maybe I'm being just a hair too critical of Ryan Tannehill. He's done, he's done more in, like, you know, and again, I know Miami let some people go this year, but Miami wasn't necessarily, like, the greatest show on turf when yeah. he was there at quarterback. It wasn't like he was surrounded by this wealth of talent and disappointment. You know, it was a tough situation, and they weren't a great football team. I would certainly go with Tannehill. That's it. That's Damn. every game. We okay. did it. Man, I love this point on a Monday. And I'm pumped for Detroit Lions Packers tonight. Oh, my gosh. So we, we need to make a pick. Yep. And uh, even though I am uh, in my upper 30s and the Lions – How old are you? 39. Okay. You're, I'm 39, too. And the Lions have never won in uh, Green Bay in my lifetime. That's not true, but it just seems like that. They won last year, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm going to go with Detroit. You're going to go with Detroit? I'm going to be a homer. I, that's fine. I, I think this is a coin toss game. I'm scared. I picked the Packers to win 21-20. I'll stick with that, okay? Yeah. But the, the, this Lions team matches up with Green Bay, and that's where it's scary. Pa I'll just say this real quick. Packers don't throw the ball. They're not real complicated what they do passing the game. It's about Rodgers and some play-action fakes and get you going that way. Matt, Matt Patricia, he'll have, a not, he'll have a beat on this passing offense. So Rodgers is going to have his hands full there. You know, they have a pretty good front in Detroit, and it sounds like they're going to be a little healthier there. I think they can slow down that Packers run game. Packers can't stop the run on the defensive side of the ball. Right. Lions, we know, have the ability to run it, and I think their offensive line is showing that they're getting better and better. And then the Packers can play some man to play a little too much man to man for me. And you know, we know Stafford can sling it. We know Hawkinson's good. Marvin Jones can beat you deep. And Kenny Holliday's, I mean uh, Kenny Galladay is pretty damn good too. I'm taking the Packers only because it's my favorite quarterback ever, Aaron Rodgers, that I think will pull magic out to win the football game. But I wouldn't bet money on this at home, everybody. All right. All right. Good. Yo, you the man. Good job, Chris. Peace out. It's good. Stop swearing so much, okay? Man, you're right. You're I did. Such I an did asshole. one time again. Yes. What did, did I say? What did you say? Darn it. No, dumbass. Gosh darn it. Dumbass. Gosh dang it. Hope they bleep that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Peace out. C Sims uh, saying, see you later. You know where to get at me. Chris, at uh, Sims Unbuttoned on Instagram. At C Sims QB on Twitter. All right, dudes. Be good. Enjoy the week. Wednesday, deep dive. You know it. Big Phil, the big fucker, will be on to talk football. That's what we do. See ya. We out.
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.